0: Welcome to the 108th episode of the 4th and 24 podcast with Patrick Winograd. I'm your host, Randy Winograd. In this edition of the podcast, we will talk about the past week's NBA and college basketball action. So let's jump right in with a look at the NBA from last week. Note both for college basketball and the NBA, even though we are we are recording a day late due to the New Year's holiday, we're going to maintain our traditional schedule of just looking through games through Thursday night. So uh, we stay on track. Patrick, with that, let's start with the most impressive teams in the NBA last week.
1: Starting this time with the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, they haven't been necessarily that impressive all season. They were really, honestly, I looked at the beginning of the week and I was surprised to see that they were actually hovering around 500 with their record. They haven't really had too many terrible weeks, but they haven't had many good ones either. Uh, but this week they finally had a good enough week. They went 3-0. and They beat Washington, Toronto and most importantly the thing that has them above and beyond all the rest of the 10 undefeated teams this week uh is that not only did they play 3 games but they also beat Brooklyn who is currently the number 1 overall seed in the east so that that gets a lot of credit for me um obviously i mean it should get credit from everybody uh, but again a good win by the 76ers at the end of the week against Brooklyn and really just good play all around to to uh you know get back on the right track i mean i think the 76ers definitely have the talent to be one of the better teams in the league, and I think it's pretty obvious that they do, uh, even without Ben Simmons. And, you know, maybe maybe it's just taking them a while to get to kind of get acclimated to playing without him, and then maybe once they trade him, it'll take them a little bit to uh, to get used to whoever comes in, uh, in in the package for him. But we'll see what happens there. Uh, overall, though, I'm liking the way they played this week. Good week for the 76ers. Uh, moving on from them. The Grizzlies had a pretty good week this week. 3-0 also. They, unfortunately, uh, they went 3-0, and but unfortunately their best win was only over Phoenix, who I, I think it's kind of ironic because Phoenix actually does have the better record uh, than Brooklyn, but I think we all know that a win over Brooklyn for a team in the East probably means a little bit more than a win over Phoenix for a team in the West. I mean, maybe, maybe you can treat it as more just because of that record, but I'm willing to say just because of the stars that Brooklyn has and just the way that the Sixers play. They don't like getting beat by teams that are very star-studded. Uh, so, and, and, you know, Memphis also has been better the entire season. They're actually towards the top of the West. I think they're actually higher up in the Western Conference standings than Philly is in the Eastern Conference. So they get a little bit less credit because they're actually just a better at a better starting point, in my opinion. Uh, but wins over Sacramento, Phoenix, and the Lakers. And also they had a close win against the Lakers. Uh, the Lakers had some momentum, a little bit, after... Uh, they changed up their lineup uh, and put LeBron at center against Houston, and I think they carried that same change into this game, but it wasn't enough to beat Memphis. And overall, just Memphis playing pretty well to uh, to beat the Lakers and just in general just playing well this season. I mean, obviously they were out without John Morant for a while, uh, but even that didn't matter. They played well throughout that stretch, and now all of a sudden it's really starting to pay off now that he's back. They're going to start playing even better and they're going to keep rising up in the Western Conference. Uh, moving on from the Grizzlies, a team who's had a very bad year. The Knicks went 3-0 and this week after, I mean, well, you could can, can pinpoint a few stretches of the season where they just have not played well, or you could just point to the entire season so far and say they haven't played well, uh, and either of them would be true. Um, but... The Knicks won 3-0 this week, not the most impressive wins, which is why they only sit at number three, even though they've been the worst team by far of the teams that I I have on here. It's just the schedule that's not very impressive. Beating Atlanta, Minnesota, and Detroit, Uh, I believe this Atlanta win was before Trey Young was back. It might not have been, but overall, Atlanta hasn't been playing well recently. They've been okay overall in the season, But with how depleted their roster has been, they have not been that great recently. So I'm not going to give them too much credit for that win either. Um, And then moving on from that win at Atlanta, I mean, Minnesota is a decent team. A pretty good team in the West, but not one of the top teams. That's not a a super impressive win. And obviously Detroit has the worst record in the league. uh, So don't really care that much about that win. But still, 3-0 for the Knicks. Uh, dealing with some new lineup changes. Derrick Rose is injured now, so they have to uh, deal with that and adjust to that. And, you know, anytime you have a big guy go out, uh, you kind of, it's going to be hard to adjust. And uh, they did a good job this week so far, but we'll see if that holds up. And finally, the Chicago Bulls. They're just too good for me to put them at number one just because, I mean, DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine, both of those two should be all-stars easily. Um, I mean, that's pretty much all you need to say about the Bulls. They have two very easy all-star caliber guards. And that's, I mean, well, you could argue about what position DeMar DeRozan is, but at that two or that three position, you could say, uh, but DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine and the Bulls are just too good for me to put them at number one, just for going three and zero, especially because they played Atlanta twice and they played Indian and they played Indiana. I keep wanting to call them Indianapolis because I'm thinking about the Colts a lot. Uh, but, no losses this week, 3-0, a good week, a nice clean week with a bunch of wins, and that that's going to get you some credit for me, and and then, uh, obviously, if you watch the end of that game against Indiana, DeMar DeRozan with a ridiculous runner uh, three <laughs> to win the game at the buzzer, so, look, DeMar DeRozan has been great for them, uh, he should be in the MVP conversation, if he isn't, I don't know, you should probably talk to somebody else about the MVP, uh, but, really, I mean, he's one pickup that has taken a Bulls team that was I mean, they missed the playoffs. They didn't even make the play in last year. They were the eleven seed if you wanted to extend it, I think, or maybe the twelve. And then all of a sudden Yeah, they got Lonzo Ball, yeah, they got Alex Caruso too, but DeMar DeRozan was the big addition to this team and he's the one who is carrying them to the place that they're now in. Uh now it's second place in the West. or in the east, only behind Brooklyn. So Great for the Bulls. I was wrong about them preseason. I'll admit it. Um, they still might they still might end up somewhere in the four to five range where I kind of expected them to be, but I did say they wouldn't be they wouldn't be able to get home field advantage and or home court advantage in a series, and that's just gonna be wrong. So the Bulls are gonna be a top four team pretty easily. Uh, we'll see what happens when the Sixers and Heat get and and the Heat get healthier, and maybe they might pass them up, but I don't think they're gonna knock them all the way down to the five or the six seed. I think they're gonna make the playoffs pretty easily as long as they stay healthy.
0: All right. Well, let's move on to the most disappointing teams from last week.
1: Yeah, I'll start with the Celtics. They went zero and three this week. Uh, they lost to Milwaukee, to Minnesota, and the Clippers. Uh, obviously, the Milwaukee loss was the one on Christmas. That was uh, that was not the best uh, game that they played. To be quite honest, I don't really, I, I don't really know what to say about it. But they had a lead, and they played well enough to win. And then the second half, it's just. That Milwaukee just kept going on runs, and the Celtics' answers were there, but the answers to the runs weren't big enough. They were always okay. They got on an 8 0 run. We get three, we get one-three back, or maybe for a stretch they make it a little bit more even. And Milwaukee only wins a stretch ten to ten to eight, but not enough to to preserve a lead. They just let Milwaukee get on too many big runs, and then overall, in the end of the game, in the fourth quarter, they just didn't play well enough. Uh, when it came down to the minutes at the end in the stretch, they didn't play good enough defense. They let the Bucks get pretty good shots, uh, although the Bucs just have a lot of clutch players. There's a reason why they won the championship, uh, but still, Celtics probably could have won that game, and then losses to Minnesota, and the Clippers don't look too good either, uh, but let's move on from the Celtics, talk about the Hawks, another team who actually, well, the Hawks were in a better position last year than the Celtics were uh, in the playoffs, but the Hawks lost this week to New York, to Chicago, and to Chicago again. Uh, I talked about this on the flip side for the Bulls. The Hawks are depleted, yeah, but I think Trey Young came back. Trey Young did come back this week. Uh, so, you know, you'd expect them to play a little bit better with their star back, but they didn't quite do that. Um, and that loss to New York on Christmas really didn't look that great for them, honestly. Uh, and, and New York has not been playing well either, so that's a team that they should probably be at least a little bit closer to, uh, even though... Obviously, the New York fans were still chanting about Trae. Young. I won't say what they were chanting, but they were chanting something at Trae Young, even though Trae Young was sitting on his uh, maybe a couch. I don't know. I don't know what Trae Young likes to sit on at home, but he was sitting on his couch at home, uh, and they were still chanting stuff at him. But you know, that's New York. Uh, but Atlanta does not. Atlanta was not equipped to win that game without him. But I still think this team needs to get better because they should not. They shouldn't be fighting for just getting into the playoffs by the end of the season. And when you look at it, when you look at the East, it's deep enough this year that being bad for most of the season and then having a hot stretch at the end, it actually isn't going to get you into the playoffs so easily. Frankly, we saw with the Lakers last year, who had to get into the Western Conference playoffs through the plans. doesn't matter how you play down the stretch. doesn't matter how you play in little tiny runs. You have to play well throughout the season to avoid that play, and you have to be a top six seed. And right now, the Hawks are just not that. Uh, but moving on from the Hawks, to a team that's probably on the season a lot more disappointing than them, Portland is not playing well at all. They're not anywhere close to the playoff race. You could say I mean, I think the separation between Portland and Sacramento is bigger than the separation between the Bulls and the Nets. Let's just put let, let's just put that out there and say that's how bad Portland's been this year. Uh, Damian Lillard is really the only guy on this team who's been playing well, remotely well. And honestly, Dame hasn't even been as good as Dame normally is. So with that going on, it's just not enough. I mean, CJ McCollum's been out for a while. Uh, I think he had a collapsed lung actually. So a scary injury and that's going to be, it's going to take him a while to recover from even when he probably gets back on the court for practices and everything. So they're going to have to figure out a way to play without him. And I said that a long time ago, and they did not find a way to play without him. They just haven't played well whatsoever. Uh, losses this week to Dallas and Utah. Again, good opponents, but still, they should be better than that. And uh, just overall, they're just not playing well at all. Uh, and, and the Trailblazers are just not in position to really do anything this year. And it, it begs the question of what should they be doing in terms of their pieces long term. Uh, it's, it's a question. Uh, and then you have the Raptors 0 2. They played well at times this year. They've played not so well at times this year. Kind of hard to judge where they are in the whole scope of the NBA, but, uh, they're kind of hovering in that Hawks and Knicks range of teams that are under 500 by a good amount, but also have enough talent on their roster to maybe make it into the play-ins and make some noise later in the season. Um, but losses this week to Cleveland and Philadelphia, two good teams, but still, Toronto's gotta play better. I, I think they should be aspiring to be in the playoffs. I think they're actually playing well enough that they that they could make it there, at least to the play in. But right now, in the last few weeks, not so much.
0: Yeah, so it was a lot of feast or famine there, uh, in this past week with the with
1: Yeah, not the a single impressive team of the loss and not a single disappointing team of the win. <laughs> yeah,
0: a lot of a lot of undefeated and a lot of winless teams uh, this past week. All right, well let's move on to the player of the week.
1: I will go with James Harden. Uh, could go gone with LeBron here. He's making a case to be the league MVP this year. So is James Harden. I mean, obviously being overshadowed by Kevin Durant, who's been amazing. But uh, Ke- Harden in that win uh, on Christmas Day over the Lakers was amazing. Uh, there's not much you could say about it. He just played so well without uh, Kevin Durant there and without Kyrie Irving there, who was actually could have returned that game because he's going to start playing road games now. Um, But it was literally a loss by the Lakers to almost just Patty Mills and James Harden alone as the scorers. I think they both had 35-plus, and the rest of the team had 35 combined. Um, So, again, Harden carrying the Nets in that game, and overall this week, averaging a triple-double on 36 points. 36 points, 10.7 rebounds, 11.7 assists, and also add in 1.7 steals and a block per game, which I think... It's important to note that with James Harden because a lot of times he gets attacked for a lack of defensive effort. Those stats, I mean, they're obviously the simple defensive stats and you would want to look at efficiency and stuff like that if you really wanted to get how good he's been playing. But those stats are enough to say that he's at least putting in a decent amount of effort on defense and enough for the Nets to be a great defensive team if everybody can pitch in like he has been recently.
0: All right, that wraps up our look back at the NBA. Let's uh, take a look at college basketball action. Let's start with some upsets for last week.
1: Yeah, no no upsets of ranked teams actually this week, but some pretty important upsets, both involving teams in the American Athletic Conference. Uh, Tulane beat Memphis 85-84. to Just when you think you can start to have hope in Memphis, they lose. Uh, this game, I mean, Tulane has an under 500 record for, for a conference. I mean, obviously the American is technically not considered a power conference, although... Uh, you could argue that they are if you look at the performance of uh, a to-be-named-later conference that we'll talk about on Monday uh, in in football. Uh, But the Tulane should not be... I mean, any team that's under 500 in one of these conferences is not good at all, uh, at least in the non-conference, because they are not playing super hard games. uh, And when you're losing those games, what happens when you play the good teams is it's even worse. Your result is terrible. Um, So... It's very surprising that Memphis lost this game. Um, and overall, I mean, I don't know what exactly they can fix. It seems like they had everything down when they played Alabama. And Alabama has gotten some more wins of their own. So it looks like they, they kind of, they, they think they, they've they gotten their identity. But um, I, don't, I don't know. I don't exactly know what more they can do. I don't know what, what's the best course of action for them. But uh, they'll be better in the future. But uh, I think, maybe, possibly. Um, but... Right now, this is not a good start to the conference play. That's not a good loss to start out conference play, and that does not say good things about how they're going to fare for the rest of the year. Uh, moving on from them, same situation for Michigan. Uh, another team who started, I think Memphis started top 12, I want to say, so I'll say both teams in the top 12. Whatever Memphis was ranked, the both teams are in that echelon. Michigan was ranked sixth to start the year. Uh, they are now at 7-5. and five. Uh, the record everybody thought their football team would have at the beginning of the year is now the record the basketball team has at the beginning of the year. Uh, and it's kind of funny because I would say if you told most people that on January 1st one Michigan team is seven and five and one Michigan team is 12 and two. I guarantee you they'd say the basketball team must have added a few games to the schedule and that team must be 12 and two and the football team is seven and five waiting to play in the outback bowl. Uh, but somehow the opposite, and Michigan loses this game to UCF on the road. Uh, Michigan pretty much lost to really just two players, honestly. Uh, and I, I honestly don't know how it keeps happening to Michigan. But that is what's been their Achilles heel all year, pretty much. Is just one or two guys being just carrying the other team. Uh, and it happened against North Carolina. It happened in this game. It happened against Minnesota with Jamison Battle, who, by the way, might be up for Big Ten Player of the Year. We can talk about that later when, if Minnesota ever gets on here for one of their games. But um, overall, Michigan just not having a good season, and I don't even know what to say about it. I mean, for both Michigan and Memphis, it's just— it feels like there's always a glimmer of hope, and they show flashes of being so good, and then all of a sudden they're just terrible again the very next game.
0: Yeah, Michigan blew a 12-point lead uh, in this game. And you thought, oh, good, this is going to be a good, uh, as you said when we were watching the game, a good quad one win for the NCAA tournament resume, and then the bottom fell out. So yep. that didn't happen. All right, let's move to some close games.
1: Yeah, starting with a lot of ranked games, pretty much all of these games from the same day, actually on Wednesday. Uh, number 11, Auburn beat number 16, LSU, 70-55. to 55. Uh, Auburn was up 18-1 to 1 in this game, and LSU really did make a game out of it, to be fair. Uh, they kind of lost some They lost some of their ground in the endgame uh, fouling kind of stuff that everybody knows happens at the end of basketball games. But um, they were closer than, than a 15-point loss. And frankly, if you take out probably the first 10 minutes of the game and then the last five minutes of the game, LSU probably won that stretch, uh, that middle 30. But the problem is it is about the entire game. And if you start slow and end slow, you're probably going to lose. Uh, and that's exactly what happened to them. So that's what's going on in in, in, uh, in the world of uh, LSU uh, I don't know exactly how Auburn I mean I don't know exactly how good Auburn can get, but I would honestly say right now they're the, they have the best chance to be in the final four out of any team outside of the top 10. I firmly believe that um, it, it's just Auburn has everything you can want in in a top 10 team in a final four team and really honestly, Auburn looks like better, they look better than the team that actually made the Final Four from Auburn. I, I think the other thing that they have is they have Jabari Smith this year who can actually dominate the tournament. I think that, I think if Auburn, no matter how they do, they might end up having an Evan Mobley type USC run where they can only be stopped by a team who has a fairly superior talent because frankly, Jabari Smith is a 6'10 guy who can really just play like a shooting guard. And I can't name a f- more than a few co- teams in the country who can actually guard him uh, effectively. So if Auburn's just able to exploit that matchup and shoot threes around him, they are going to be a very, very, very tough out in the tournament. Uh, speaking of tough outs in the tournament, I've talked about them a bunch of times before. Number 19, Alabama, beat number 14, Tennessee, 73-68. to 68. Uh, Kind of funny because Tennessee last week pulled off the upset on Arizona, although They were actually favored in Vegas, so technically not that much of an upset. And in this game, Alabama was favored, even though Tennessee was the higher-ranked team. Uh, So technically, Tennessee playing exactly as expected. They're going to be a good team. I don't think they're quite Final Four category uh, or caliber. I feel like if you're looking at these four teams in the SEC, other than Kentucky, these are the next four, Auburn, LSU, Alabama, and Tennessee. But I believe Auburn is a cut above the rest, and frankly, they should be in the conversation with Kentucky for the best team in the SEC. And then I think Alabama is at second, so I feel like these results are indicative. Tennessee is better than LSU, though, too. I think LSU is really just—LSU is ranked 16th out of necessity because you can't go 12-0 and 0 and not be ranked at least in the top 20. Uh, and frankly, that's why USC is ranked in the top 10. Uh, but moving on from uh, USC, although they, did, I, they didn't play any games this week because of COVID, which we'll get to later— Number 21, Providence, beat number 15, Seton Hall, 70-65. to 65. If you've been listening to this podcast, you would probably know that Providence was going to win this game because I keep talking about how good Providence is and how and how they're getting no respect. Uh, and look, they're going to keep winning. They, they are going to keep winning. They might now be my pick to win the Big East because honestly, I was thinking everybody's going to be down on Providence because they're going to lose to Seton Hall on the road and then Seton Hall might lose at home to Villanova and then everybody's going to be like, ah, oh, Seton Hall isn't that good and they beat Providence, which means the Providence isn't that good. Winning in the Big East on the road is really, really hard. I, I don't think, if you don't follow college basketball enough, it's hard to understand that if you're in the Big East or the Big Ten, a road win is probably harder than winning the first round of the NCAA tournament, I think is, I think is honestly a fair statement to make. The teams are just good enough that they can beat anybody. They can all beat each other. And the other thing is the teams are all... They they all have raucous, row, rowdy, and loud arenas that are really hard to play in. Uh, and I think that Seton Hall falls into that bunch. Texas went into Seton Hall and couldn't beat them on the road, and Providence did. So what does that tell you? It tells you Providence is pretty good. Uh, moving on from that, number 24, Wisconsin struggled to beat Illinois State at home, 89-85. Speaking of a team who's ranked and I don't like very much, Wisconsin. Uh, moving on from Wisconsin, Butler beat DePaul on the road, sixty-three to fifty-nine. Or actually, that was at home. DePaul was only a uh, one-loss team going into this. Uh, they have a tough game coming up. Well, they have a tough. They had a tough game today, but we're not going to talk about that uh, against Providence. Uh, see what happens there. But DePaul was pretty good. Uh, they had a big win over Rutgers. Uh, they had a win on the road against uh, an ACC team. I'm blanking on what team it was. I think it was Louisville, actually. Uh, and then Butler has been not. Been so great. I mean, they lost by a lot to Purdue. They looked terrible in that game. Uh, I believe they did win their game in the Big Ten uh, Big East battle, I think, but I'm not quite sure, honestly. Uh, and then Butler, so Butler's been okay. DePaul has been good. Just an important game to note because look, the Big East might actually, both of these teams, when you look at it at the end of the year, these are games that can decide who's going to be in the tournament or not. Uh, the, the Big East teams are all going to be on the bubble, and they're—well, not all of them, but some of the Big East teams, especially these two, will be on the bubble, and these games will decide, definitely, uh, who's going to be in the tournament and who isn't. Maybe if they both get in, they'll say because they played this team close, but I mean, these are important wins, probably quad one wins if you get them on the road, maybe not at home uh, because of the way that system works. Uh, as it values home games more than it values, or sorry, it values road games more than it values home games. So you have to beat better teams at home to actually get credit for a quad one win. Uh, but moving on from that, Mississippi State beat Arkansas eighty one to sixty eight. Arkansas continues their uh, their downfall from from glory. Really, I mean they were undefeated and now all of a sudden they're unranked and I think they've lost three games in a row now. And if it's not three in a row, it's just because they played another game after they. Uh, had that embarrassing loss to Hofstra. (laughs) Uh, But Mississippi State is also another good team. Keep in mind that they will be on the bubble with Butler and with DePaul and maybe with Wisconsin by the end of the season. Uh, But they're a good team. They can beat good teams. We'll see if they can pull off a few upsets. I mean, if you look at the SEC, Arkansas was supposed to be one of the better teams, one of the good ranked teams in the SEC. But if you move on from Arkansas, I'd say they're probably the sixth best team. Auburn, LSU, Alabama, Tennessee, and Kentucky are all ranked in the top 20. There are plenty of opportunities to get quality wins. Uh, If you can pick up some home wins, if you're Mississippi State, get a few of those wins, beat Auburn once, beat Alabama once, that would probably be enough to give you a good enough resume to be in the tournament, arguably. So uh, these wins are really important and this is a pretty commanding win. I don't think there was anything in this game that you could say, oh, Mississippi State won because of this, this call or whatever. They won because they outplayed Arkansas thoroughly. Uh, And moving on from that, Louisville beat Wake Forest 73-69. Uh, another important game. Wake Forest only had one loss going into the year, or going into the year, going into this game. Uh, and Louisville has not been playing very well recently. A loss to DePaul, a loss to Western Kentucky, although that's a really good team too uh, that will also be on the bubble. Um, but overall, Wake Forest has been playing really well this season. They have a road win against Virginia Tech. Uh, they honestly are close to being ranked, although I'm not so sure... That that's not the same situation as their football team, where they've just won too many games to not be ranked. But Louisville, uh, playing well enough to win games like this, this is another quality one that you say probably at the end of the year when you're looking at a bubble, not necessarily a signature win, but probably one of those wins that the committee looks like and it looks at and can say, you know what, they're a good team, they're a good team. But, um, after Louisville, I mean. Y- in the ACC, it's very tough to figure out where teams are. I think the only thing that you can figure out is that Duke is the best team.
0: All right. What about any other important matchups from last week?
1: Well, I'm using this matchup more as an excuse to talk about Michigan State as a team overall. Uh, but they were down by one at the half against High Point. So it's important to, to, to mention that. But they won 81-68. to 68. Number 10 Michigan State, I should mention. This is a team that I was pretty high on going into the year. But I didn't exactly think they would ascend to top 10 level. I thought maybe top 15, top 20 is where they would sit at for most of the year. And then their ceiling would kind of be maybe a sweet 16 team and a lead 8 team if some chaos happened in their bracket. But they're, I'm not going to say they look like a Final Four quality team. I don't exactly. I think Auburn is better than them. But they look pretty good so far this year. And I don't think they have many obvious weaknesses. We'll see what happens when they start playing uh, better teams, frankly. But... Overall, they look pretty good. We'll see what happens in the Big Ten on the road, obviously. But uh, for now, Michigan State looking pretty good.
0: All right, and then uh, some other matchups we would have spoken about, but um, didn't happen due to cancellation or postponement uh, because of COVID concerns. You want to talk about some of those matchups?
1: Yes. Obviously, also this is a pretty dull week in in college foot college basketball because uh, there were no there was there were no games on Christmas, uh, and there was only a tournament going on in Hawaii from, I believe, the 24th to the 26th. And, speaking of that tournament, Stanford versus Vanderbilt got canceled. That was, I believe, the semifinals of that tournament. Uh, If it wasn't the semifinals, it was actually the finals of the tournament. Uh, And that was important because that whole tournament really got shut down when there were, I think, four or five games left to play still. Um, And not, not good for them. And, you know, Stanford and Vanderbilt, whoever won that game, they're both sitting at, I think, 8-4, and 8-5. and five. These are teams that, you know, they're going to be probably on the bubble by the end of the year if they, I mean, well, they're either going to miss the tournament or they're going to be on the bubble somewhere. Uh, so games like this against other teams that are in a similar position can really determine where you end up in the season. So it's pretty important uh, in this game being canceled. Whoever was going to win this game definitely is not getting helped out by uh, not playing in this game. Uh, and then moving on from that, Cincinnati was going to play number 12, Houston. That game was postponed because it's a conference game, so they'll probably make it up at some point in the year. Well, at least that's the hope. Uh, But that was going to be Houston's conference opener, so that was pretty important. Uh, The American has opened some of their conference stuff so far, but uh, that would have been a pretty important uh, opening to the conference, but they're not able to uh, play that game. And then you have UConn versus number 23, Xavier. That game was canceled, actually. Uh, Pretty early to cancel a conference game in the season, but I think... I forget who's dealing with the issues here, but I think one of these teams has been on pause for a really long time. And the Big East actually, for the most part, actually at the beginning of the year, had a policy of if you had COVID issues, you actually get a forfeit in the game. Um, and I think they abandoned that based on what it, what had happened because there were a bunch of Big East games getting canceled uh, and they couldn't really deal with having every team having free wins from for, from <laughs> forfeits. Uh, I think there were three or four teams that already were 1-0 in conference without actually even stepping on the court in a conference game just from cancellations. So that's not exactly a great situation. That's pretty stupid, if you ask me. But uh, that's the reason why they wanted to switch it up, and that's kind of why they changed that policy. I don't know. I think this game is canceled, and they're not going to play it, but I don't think it's a forfeit for either of them. Then you have number two, Duke versus Clemson. That game was postponed. That was going to be Duke's second conference game of the year. Uh, You have Gonzaga, number four, versus San Diego. That is postponed. The reason why I talked about this game, it's not an important matchup, but Gonzaga is the one having COVID issues, so keep that in mind and see what happens when they come back in a few weeks and see maybe if they play some of the better teams in the West Coast Conference, like St. Mary's or San Francisco. uh, Maybe, maybe, just maybe, Gonzaga can suffer an early season loss in conference. We'll see. Probably not. But just keep it on the radar just in case. Uh, I mean... Last year, there was a one-win Iowa State team that almost beat Baylor uh, just because Baylor was coming off of COVID issues and still had some players unavailable. And obviously, as we know, Baylor ended up winning the national championship. So it's possible that really great teams don't play well when they don't have their players on the field and if they have any COVID issues. Uh, so it, it's it, it's interesting. Uh, we'll have to see what happens uh, with Gonzaga, but just keep that in mind. And then obviously, two games we talked about last week that were going to be played already, uh, but that were definitely now postponed officially and have passed. Number nine, Arizona, was supposed to play number five, UCLA, and Arizona State was going to play number six, USC. Conference openers for both of them, not going to be played.
0: All right, well, that ends this edition of the 4th and 24 podcast. Please join us for our next podcast, which will be on Monday, January 3rd, where we will see the accuracy of Patrick's weekend predictions and discuss the weekend's NFL action and the college football playoff semifinal and bowl action. In the meantime, Please be sure to check out Patrick's additional content, including his weekend predictions that were posted on Thursday and an updated NCAA basketball tournament bracket to be posted on Sunday. All that content on our website, 4thand24.com. That's the number four, T-H-A-N-D, the number 24.com. Thank you for listening.